1: Joe here on the fan, hope your Monday's off to a great start. We got a busy day here planned for you. We appreciate you being with us. We've got Nerney ready to go, Derek Thomas in the house, Adam Roddog Gillespie on the road today with Nick and Chris. So, uh, Nerney, we uh, we better get rolling, man. Bucks big take. All right, the Braves split from Freddie Freeman has been nothing short of fascinating. The Braves stood firm with their five year offer from start to finish. However, Alex Anthopoulos did increase the money part of the deal multiple times, as we have uh, found out. The Braves' best offer came last weekend, which was reportedly 5 and 140. At that point, Freeman's agent, a guy with the last name of Closer, believe it, I kid you not, issued the Braves an ultimatum. You've got 60 minutes to choose between two offers, six and 175 or five and 165. And at that point, that's when Alex Anthopoulos called the Oakland A's, and made the trade for Matt Olson. And reportedly, when Freddie got the news, he was stunned. A couple of days later, Freeman signed with the Dodgers for 6-162, with $57 million deferred over 13 years. Mr. Closer gambled that the Braves would cave in to his demands They did not. Chipper warned Freddie not to bluff Anthopolis, but Freddie did not listen. Now, Freeman is a Dodger. After taxes, the difference being around $8 million. Now, if you're looking to play the blame game, who's to blame here? Well, apparently it's not Anthopolis and the Braves. Again, multiple offers made, constant communication back and forth from beginning to end. I say Freddie's to blame. If he really wanted to be an Atlanta Brave, which apparently that was his wish, stay in Atlanta, he should not have allowed his agent, Mr. Closer, who didn't close, by the way, shouldn't allow this guy to determine his fate. And by the way, the name of Mr. Closer's agency is Excel. They didn't exactly excel in this negotiation either, so they failed. Mr. Closer, the Excel agency, they failed Freddie Freeman. And Freddie Freeman's to blame. He did not take control of the situation. Freddie Freeman was too passive at the end of the day because he felt like too that the Braves would roll over at the end of this thing and give him exactly what he wanted. Now he's in Los Angeles, and the Braves have turned the page. And by the way, man, if you're looking to uh, if you're looking to enjoy the drama, man, the Braves are hosting the Dodgers. At the end of June, we've got a weekend series the 24th, 25th, and 26th at Truist Park. That's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as Freeman comes back to Truist Park for the very first time in a Dodger uniform. And it's going to be a hot ticket. I've already got friends hitting me up saying, Blue, can you get me tickets to that Dodger series? Well, as I understand it, that thing's close to being sold out, if not already sold out. So no, I've got no tickets available, Gil. A sellout crowd expecting to, I hope, uh, give Freddie a standing ovation before his first at bat. And then I believe the appropriate response is to move on. Now, booing's not necessary. But give the man a standing ovation for what he's done, uh, what he was able to get accomplished as an Atlanta Brave player, and then Braves fans should move on booing not really necessary at that point in time. But that's going to be a hot ticket, man. Braves and Dodgers when Freeman comes back to town. And Freddie's to blame. As Chipper told him, man, better step in there and be strong with your uh, your a- the agent works for you, not the uh, not the uh, player working for the agent. To get what you want, you've got to take control of the negotiations. And Freddie trying to play like he had no idea about this ultimatum that excels Mr. Closer threw at Alex Anthopoulos. Which basically made Alex pick up the phone and do the deal for Matt Olson. Love the backstory, man. Always have. Which means I love this next story, too. The Falcons get played by Deshaun Watson and they alienate Matt Ryan at the same time. Now, I don't really enjoy this because I'm a Falcons guy and I've always been a Falcons man. But this is embarrassing. The Falcons brass embarrassingly got played by Deshaun Watson. Last weekend, Watson's reps, they contacted the Falcons and lured them in with the belief that Deshaun wanted to come home and play for the hometown team. And the Falcons fell for it hook, line, and sinker. Again, embarrassing. Mr. Blank, Rich McKay, Fontenot, and Smith immediately Kick Matt Ryan to the curb, rolled out the red carpet with keys to the city and a video on Watson vision. At that point, the Browns swooped back in with a huge second offer and sealed the deal with Watson. And that left the Falcons looking foolish and alienating Matt Ryan. Might want to consult with Anthopolis next time. Seriously. I mean, what the heck? What in the world, man? I mean, did you not see this coming? I guess not. Just so thrilled that Deshaun Watson could be interested in returning home and playing for the hometown team. The Falcons fell for it. And they end up, they're the laughing stock right now. Everybody looking at the Falcons going, man, they got played. Man. Oh, they got played, man. <laughs> and now Matt Ryan is falling in line. Have you, you remember this phrase you probably heard growing up? Uh, Don't get mad, get even. And so I would imagine that's what Matt Ryan's in the middle of doing right now. Because apparently, as I understand it, my source is telling me that Matt Ryan has now changed agents. He's gone from Tom Condon. He's dropped him and now he's pulled up Todd France, who has the reputation for playing real hardball. And this roster bonus of what, seven and a half million dollars is due at four o'clock today. So I can only imagine how busy things are up at the Falcons complex right now. Are they trying to do a deal? trying to trade Matt Ryan right now before they have to pay that $7.5 million by 4 o'clock. Todd France playing hardball, man. I would imagine the Falcons right now trying to find a trade partner. And I don't believe it would be the best fit for Matt Ryan, and that would be the Indianapolis Colts because they don't even have a first-round pick this year. I believe I I have identified the team that Matt Ryan and Todd France and the Atlanta Falcons are targeting at this very moment. And I believe right now, at this very moment, you got France and the Falcons talking with this team about acquiring Matt Ryan. And I'll give you that coming up in about 10 minutes right now. 10 minutes from now, we'll talk about that. Falcons got played, and Freddie Freeman coming up short with what he wanted. So a very busy day here as we get the show started. Mike White going to be with me at 30 after the hour. So coming up at the bottom of the hour, the new Georgia basketball coach, Mike White, will be hanging out looking forward to that. Thought we were going to get him last week, but as it turns out, today's the day, so we're ready, locked, and loaded. Talk to Mike White about uh, Georgia basketball and where that's going. Right now, it's time for the Buck Blue Show headline brought to you by greasemonkeyauto.com. <laughs> grease monkey oil changes and more is done fastest done right visit greasemonkeyauto.com for store locations and special offers apparently had arch manning visiting uga over the weekend a big recruiting weekend for kirby smart and the bulldogs and arch manning was right in the middle of it second visit to athens to check out the georgia program and i would imagine that Well, Kirby uh, didn't exactly ask Vandegrift or Carson Beck or Gunnar Stockton to show Arch Manning around. That would have been uncomfortable. So did they approach Stetson Bennett last week and say, hey, we got Arch coming to town. We need you to uh, play us up, man. We need you to put the hard sell on Arch Manning about coming and joining us here at the University of Georgia. I mean, why would Stetson matter? It's the sixth year of eligibility. Stetson moving on at the end of the year. I would imagine Stetson was the one that got a moment with Arch to talk about what what could happen if he came to Georgia. Those other quarterbacks, they're hoping Arch Manning doesn't come. So it would be foolish to ask them to sit down and spend some time with Arch Manning. Manning, by the way, will visit Austin, Texas next weekend, and that's his second visit out there to see Sarkeesian. Now, Sarkeesian has Cutcliffe on the roster, very close to the Manning family. And you can imagine the Longhorns are going to roll out the red carpet. They are absolutely desperate for a quality quarterback. Year number two under Sarkeesian. So there you go. That's what's going on with Arch Manning visiting Georgia this past weekend and visiting UT. That would be uh, Texas coming up next weekend you're listening on the mobile app, that's driven by Beaver Toyota of coming Beaver direct the fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Visit Beaver Toyota of Coming.com. You can download that fan app right now in the iTunes and Google play store South point financial backing us up on the smart speaker, the mortgage professionals. You can find more on them at SPFS.com. All right. So uh, coming up next, we're going to hang out with uh, Mike white at the bottom of the hour, but 1st More on this Matt Ryan Falcon situation that's totally intriguing. More to come. Buck show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7.
2: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: It's the Buck Baloo Show here on The Fan, 10 to 11, Uh Monday through Friday. We appreciate you hanging out with us. 10 o'clock hour brought to you by the Hal Law Group. We appreciate them very much. Uh, Mike White coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk a little Georgia basketball and see how that quick turnaround's working out for Coach, who left Florida, man, I mean, he was sold quick. We'll ask him about that Josh Brooks sales pitch. It must have been a good one because he jumped at it quickly. Mike White coming up at the bottom of the hour. Right now, I wanted to start with the uh, the Falcons storyline which we touched on uh, coming out of the gate here just a few minutes ago. The big question now for the Falcons is, does Matt Ryan now want to be traded? Because they were jumped in uh, headfirst into that Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and ended up the Falcons getting used by the Browns to drive up the price, uh, By uh, used by Deshaun Watson and his agent to drive up the price, and the Browns came in there, swooped in, And uh, grabbed Deshaun Watson. So alienating Matt Ryan in the process had to be embarrassing for Matt. And now reportedly, Matt has changed agents. He's gone to Todd France, who's got this hardball reputation. Got the $7.5 million roster bonus that's due by 4 o'clock this afternoon. So right now, I would imagine at Flowery Branch is a very, very busy place trying to get this straightened out. Now, if Matt Ryan is, is wanting a trade, I would assume that he's wanting a trade to a team that gives him a chance to win here at the end of his career. Indianapolis Colts would be at the top of the list. Their roster looks really strong. They've got a team that needs a quarterback, and if they could get a legit quarterback, they might have a chance to do some damage come playoff time. But they don't have a first-round pick. So how are they going to do business? Buck, I wonder if the
3: Colts would be willing, if the Falcons would be willing to not accept a first-round pick here in the 2022 draft, but perhaps delay that gratification a little bit and get the 2023 first-round pick and perhaps something else for this twenty two draft, or just load up and make 2023 the draft. Amass the picks, give yourself some flexibility, do whatever you want to do, and start rebuilding this roster.
1: Well, there's another team, DT, that has three first-round picks, and now you got my attention. Now, I, and that would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Are they going to part with three first-round picks to? Well, get no, Matt Ryan. but, uh, but, uh, yeah. but they've available. got three more than yeah. the Colts. There's have. Something there, and I would say the Eagles look like the most likely destination if Matt Ryan's going to get traded. Uh, the Eagles have uh, the multiple first-round picks that they, they would be able to give up one. They would have the public relations spin of bringing Matt Ryan back home to finish out his career and get the Eagles back on track. And then that brings us to what quarterback would the Falcons draft with the eighth pick of the first round? That would be the ultimate question right there because if they're going to trade Matt Ryan, then they're taking a quarterback with that first-round pick. And so who would be the best fit for Arthur Smith and his scheme offensively when you look at the top three quarterbacks in the draft? You got Kenny Pickett, who's having his pro day today up in Pittsburgh. I would imagine you got Fontenot and Arthur Smith. there in Pittsburgh today. Took that private jet up to Pitt and checking out Kenny Pickett today to see what he's got. Of course, they already know what he's got. They've studied the video of his college career. They took a look at what happened at the combine a couple of weeks ago. And when they look at Pickett, I would imagine they see a polished pocket quarterback that's very accurate with the football that can flight the ball into all levels of the defense. A guy that's mobile enough to get outside the pocket and throw on the run. In a guy that's probably the most uh, mature quarterback in the draft. You would have Matt Corral, who is so comfortable running that RPO scheme. And he's got some skills too, uh, a little undersized, but very mobile. Uh, He's in that dual quarterback category, natural running skills, can throw on the run. I think he's really good short to intermediate. And you got Malik Willis, the most exciting of all the quarterbacks in the draft this year. He's got style. He's got skills. Man, he's exciting. A little bit like Mike Vick. Elusive. Dynamic. A big live arm. There's a lot to like about Malik Willis. Who's the right fit for the Atlanta Falcons? 404-231-1680, the number you want to jump in here. The answer to that question, I believe, is Kenny Pickett. Would fit Arthur Smith's scheme better than these other quarterbacks would? Corral's going to take a minute. So is Malik Willis, a little bit raw. Not sure they'd be ready to step in and play. The, The only one out of these three, I believe, that would be ready to step in and play would be Kenny Pickett. So the Falcons are going to invest with a quarterback in the first round to replace Matt Ryan. To me, it looks like Kenny Pickett's the guy.
3: And, Buck, it does look like uh, like you said uh, the Falcons have RSVP to the uh, Pitt Pro Day today, so they will be in attendance to watch Kenny Pickett.
1: Yeah, I got that app on the phone where you can track flights, and I see where the Arthur Blank jet is uh, flying towards Pittsburgh as we speak. Unbelievable. I mean, things, the wheels turn fast. Let's bring on Brian. He joins the Buck Blue Show. Hello, Brian. What's on your mind today, buddy? Hey, Brian. I love the show.
3: Uh, just a quick question for you. Do you think if Matt Ryan does go to Philly, would the Phillies be willing to give up Jalen Hurst and say a second-round pick or possibly a first-round pick for this year? I would love to hear your thoughts. I love the show, bud.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Brian. Yeah, I tell you, if I'm the Falcons, I'm asking for Hurts and a first-round pick. The Eagles are serious about making a move toward the playoffs, making a big splash. I would imagine Matt Ryan could do that for them. So the Falcons would have some leverage in this situation. Hurts and a first-round pick in this year's draft. I mean, Philly's got 3 of them. They would part with that, I I would believe. And good job with the Falcons. Uh, one positive note, they did re-up with Corderell Patterson, two-year, $10.5 million. He got a raise, deserved a raise. Nice to see the Falcons do something uh, appropriate and get Patterson back in here. So these are busy times, man. Uh, Matt Ryan, I'm sure, by the way, Matt Ryan, a consummate professional, and he showed that off again over the weekend Because Matt Ryan with all this Deshaun Watson buzz started to hit the scene, man. And it just exploded with the Falcons uh, taking the bait hook line and sinker and rolling out the red carpet and going full steam ahead to get Deshaun Watson in here. Totally had to alienate Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan kept his mouth shut during this whole process. The consummate pro is all he's ever been here in Atlanta. And he showed that off again this weekend by not taking the bait and getting in on the conversation. Very impressive. And I'm sure the Falcons tried to trot this out to Matt Ryan that, look, it's nothing personal, Matt. We love you. Uh, It was just business. That's all it was. Just business. High character guy, Matt Ryan. We're going to miss him when he's gone. And it's probably going to be sooner than later. Matt Ryan will not be fully appreciated until he's gone. And I'm guessing that's going to happen sooner than later. Couldn't have been happy with this whole thing. Consummate pro. Some of these other players could make note of that and pay attention to that. Gary joins us on the fan. Hello, Gary. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? We're doing well. I, You know what? I, I love Matt Ryan. I think he's the best Falcons player ever. I think he's the most inf- influential, you know, biggest player. And he won the MVP. But sometimes you just got to let things go. And I think it's time for us to just... Let it go as let in... Let the Falcons trade him. I'd trade him to the Colts, and maybe you get a second-round pick. With the eighth overall pick, if we do not take Jordan Davis, I'm going to lose my mind after I saw what he did in that 40-yard dash at the Combine. Yeah. Well... Uh, for, I'm not sure how many times that nose tackle is going to run a 40-yard dash. I don't know if that really applies, but I'm with you in the fact that the Falcons absolutely have got to address the defensive line situation that has got to be the worst in the National Football League. Georgia's got a better—the uh, Georgia Bulldogs have a, had a better defensive line this past season than the Falcons had in the National Football League. So I'm with you on that part of the deal. But if you're going to trade Matt Ryan, you're taking a quarterback with that eighth pick of the first round. And maybe address the defensive line a little later. Seriously. But uh, tip my cap to Matt Ryan again, handling things like a real pro's pro. Now, behind the scenes, probably a different story it's true, he's got Todd France now as his agent playing hardball with the Falcons. They're looking to get something done and and something done today. And I'm sure the Falcons would like to get it done today, too, before they cut that check for $7.5 million by 4 o'clock. Deshaun Watson played the Atlanta Falcons like nobody's business. He was never really serious about wanting to come play for the hometown team. How do you drive up the price? You lure somebody else in. And Mr. Blank and Rich McKay, Fontenot and Smith, they all fell in line, man. Rolled out that red carpet, got Deshaun up there to the Falcons complex. They had the keys to the city made up real quick. Had a very impressive video they threw out, too. The vision with Deshaun Watson as the Falcons quarterback. Bet Deshaun could hardly keep a straight face during all that. Knowing that, well, a a team like the Browns would swoop back in with a new and improved offer that would drive up the price and get him more money. And that's exactly what happened. I'm singing and dancing here for a moment as we wait on Mike White to uh, come on the show. I see DT's working it, man. He's got that phone. He's giving me the, all right, keep filibustering here for a second. Stretch, stretch for another 15, 20 seconds. Hey,
3: so what do you think about, and we're always talking about how the Falcons never want to bring Georgia players uh, here to Atlanta to MBS. What what about the news this morning dropping that Lorenzo Carter, a pass rusher, is going to be coming down to Atlanta on a one-year deal?
1: Yeah, desperation makes you change your philosophy, I would imagine. has something to do with it. Lorenzo Carter, Falcons are desperate. I mean, you look at some of these teams in the league that are desperate for a quarterback. That's what the Falcons are, desperate for defensive linemen, especially ones that can get after the quarterback. So they're willing to to get rid of this uh, this. Uh, I would imagine it it came down from the top years ago that Falcons just aren't interested in having Georgia Bulldogs play for the Falcons, the hometown team. I mean, Maybe it makes that, you put that off to the side, man. Well, change your philosophy for, a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
3: perhaps that dam
1: is now broken. All right, uh, it's time uh, for the Bulldog Roundtable. Proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs, and it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with
3: Buck Balloon. 25 20, far not like 15 10 five. Get in there,
1: touchdown! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Howe Group, Georgia Pack and Load, Triple A, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ballgame. Georgia will win this ballgame only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Georgia basketball coach Mike White joins us on the Buck Baloo show. Coach, we appreciate your time today. Buck, thanks for having me. Man, I tell you what, welcome to Bulldog Country and tell us about this hectic first week for you and your family. This is a quick turnaround, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, really quick turn. This past week has been a blur, to say the least. But this is the first uh, full day here in the office. Uh, really excited to set up a bunch of meetings to get a chance to get to know a lot of these people uh, at, at another level, uh, obviously starting with players and, and, and staff and support staff administration. Um, a lot of excitement, but uh, obviously anxious to get settled and, and, and have some normal routine, obviously.
1: Coach, give us a glimpse on what it's like behind the curtain with a coach in this situation. You've got a... Uh, a really big family that you, you bring in from Gainesville up to Athens. What's it like? Uh, what's it like with the family trying to get everybody on board with a move like this?
3: Sure, you know when we moved from Ruston, I was just telling a buddy of mine this this actually this morning from Ruston to Gainesville. I feel like one thing I could have done better is settle the family a little bit quicker. Um, as anxious as I was to get to work it took a little bit too long to get us settled and it, and it it was a little bit of a strain, um, unnecessarily. There's always going to be a strain on family, uh, even extended family, uh, change is hard moves are hard. They're, they're difficult. And, and there's a lot of factors that go into it. But, um, so we, you know, we spent a good amount of time this week, just putting a lot of thought into, uh, uh, places to live and schools and all that type of stuff to try to get these, uh, these, these little ones. Cause it's, it's, a important time in their lives you know my my five are uh, are pretty young so hopefully we can get them up here as soon as possible and um you know from a professional standpoint um you know we've got to complete a staff and most importantly it's about these young men and how to help them and how to get to know them and fast track some relationships to see how it can feel, facilitate to the best of my ability their growth on and off the court
1: new georgia basketball coach mike white joins us on the hobson and hobson newsmaker line Can you share a little bit about Josh Brooks' sales pitch? That that must have been impressive, Coach.
3: He's great. I mean, um, it's it's a really strong brand. Obviously, a big time athletic department. Kirby and these guys coming off a national championship. uh, Beautiful facilities. Great place to live and raise a family. Um, And he's just he he was he was very supportive. um, Very much aligned uh, in his vision for what this job could be and this is always a job uh, even before i got a chance to to get to know josh here you know in the past uh, uh week to 10 days uh that that a lot of people have had their eye on um it's uh it's just got so much potential and opportunity and uh, and obviously um i was i was fired up to to get a chance to to get to know josh to another level uh and really humbled by you know by his recruiting pitch
1: Mike, was the timing right for you to, to make a jump here? Were, were you feeling a little frustration with the Gator fan base? Uh, did Georgia catch you at the right time, the right offer? You
3: know, this this had very little to do with, with where we were. This, this was about Georgia. This wasn't about another school. Uh, this was an opportunity that we just could not pass up. It, it's one that, again, we've been fond of for a long time. And I say we, I'm talking about my wife and I. Um, we just thought that, Yeah, it it was time to to jump on board here with this particular opportunity.
1: You uh, you obviously not intimidated by a big challenge. Hugh Durham back in the day had a a good run at, at Georgia. Tubby Smith did some really impressive things. Coach, what is it going to take to get this program back into the NCAA tournament?
3: Well, we, we've got to build, right? And it's not going to happen overnight, but it's it's all about the people. You know, it's it's who you hire and, and, and who you sign and how you develop. And, and we've got some good pieces here, and we've got a proud fan base. We've got some good facilities. I mean, it, we've got a lot of things in place. Uh, it's about bringing it all together, you know, getting on the same page and, and making a run and then obviously sustaining it. But Runs have been made here before. It's happened before. Um, obviously, we'd all like to see it happen uh, at, at a, at a further extent and everyone in the country is saying that same thing, but I did hear you came to a game this year. So maybe we, us getting you up here at more games might help us a little bit with that home court advantage.
1: Yeah. Our family enjoyed that. And we're looking uh, forward to coming <laughs> back and, and cheering you guys on. We got to get you back home more often. So the recruiting's the biggest deal, right? We've got a lot of players here in Metro Atlanta, as you know, and you did an outstanding yep. job at your previous location. Uh, going out recruiting some excellent basketball players. You must be excited about the fertile recruiting ground near Athens.
3: Yeah, definitely. And we had our eyes uh, on Atlanta uh, pretty extensively at at Louisiana Tech for four years. And then as an assistant at Ole Miss for seven, uh, I recruited Atlanta uh, very, very hard. And missed on some and, and hit on some. And I've always been really fond of the area. And then as an assistant at Jacksonville State for four years way back in the day, Um, Atlanta was it was it was Atlanta and Birmingham with the budget that we had at that school Uh, we weren't jumping on many planes but we were driving obviously east to Atlanta a ton and west to Birmingham so um, this area I've always been really familiar with as perhaps the most fertile recruiting area in the country so many good players in the state really good programs it's gotten better and better over the last 20 years some really good high school and AAU coaches throughout not only greater Atlanta, but the entire state and so many people that, um, I'm really anxious to, uh, to build strong relationships with, to try to get this program going to where we all think it could be going.
1: Mike, you can't do it alone, right? So that assistant staff's got to be strong. How do you think that process is going to go?
3: Uh, patiently, um, thoroughly. That's how it's going to go for me. I, uh, we're not going to make any rash, emotional decisions. We're going to do our due diligence, of course. And, uh, go through these processes and, and be very careful. Um, it's about the right people. You know, it's we're going to hire good recruiters and good coaches and and good guys that that are good, high level at scouting and so on and so forth. But most importantly, uh, we want to be around great people that are good teammates to each other, that are are very good connectors of young men, and uh, most importantly, that are mentors that can bring out the best in these young men on and off the court.
1: Coach, what do you think the landscape of the SEC is looking at as you take over this Georgia job? Uh, Kentucky bounced early, Auburn bounced last night, Tennessee gone. How do you see this SEC looking forward?
3: Really disappointed, honestly. Um, very, very surprised. I think we have one left, if I'm not mistaken. I've got my hands full here in Athens, but uh, is, it, is it Arkansas who's left? Is that right?
1: the right, uh, Hogg's still in it.
3: Yep, yep. But to have one left going into the second weekend is really surprising. I thought it was arguably the best year in the history of the league. I know we didn't get seven, eight, nine teams in, which we thought that was possible, uh, you know, December, January. And we we only got six in, of course. uh, But all six, I thought, had a chance to make a big run. Um, But, you know, sometimes the strength of the league is is not represented well. uh, In the NCAA tournament, as we all know, anything can happen uh so um obviously we we hope that the hogs can make uh, as as much a run as possible uh but this is, it's it's at an all time high it's in in my opinion the best league in the country, regardless of what just happened this past weekend um, and I would bet uh going into next year that uh people will will be talking about again the potential for seven or eight teams to get back in the tournament.
1: Coach, you look real good in that red and black man. We're happy to see you take the job, wishing you nothing but the best as you move forward. We appreciate your time today.
3: Oh, well, it feels good, brother. Thanks for having me guys.
1: Georgia basketball coach Mike White got a lot of work to get done, and it doesn't sound like he's wasting any time to uh, get that staff in place. Uh, a lot of work to get done for Mike White, wishing him nothing but the best. We'll come back talk about Kenley Jansen being added to that Braves roster. Take a look at my bracket and how that's shaping up here at 680 The Fan. It's the Buck Blue Show, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, here on Atlanta's sports station, The Fan. We've got the Blue Show here on The Fan, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday.
2: Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats.
0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
1: Thank you for being a part of the show. Great having Mike White on today. New Bulldogs head basketball coach. And a couple of big stories, man. It's been a crazy week here in Atlanta with the Deshaun Watson, Falcons, Matt Ryan storyline, which continues to unfold. And then also the Freddie Freeman signing with the L.A. Dodgers. Also uh, another huge story here in Metro Atlanta. The Braves have been busy, though, man, with the money saved by uh, bringing in Matt Olson to play first base. We've had Anthopolis be very busy solidifying this roster and what about the addition of closer kenley jansen the former dodger anthopolis got back at the dodgers signed their closer as we plug and play kenley jansen to a one-year 16 million dollar deal thumbs up for anthopolis on this move Uh, low risk it's only a one-year thing The guy is totally experienced closing out big-time games, high-leverage situations. I mean, he's been around for a minute. He's 34 years old now. And he's still effective. 38 saves last season. And apparently has increased the usage of that slider, which has given him another weapon to use against these major league hitters. And uh, Will Smith, too, uh, apparently Will Smith said uh, to Anthopolis, look, no problem, you want to get Jansen in here to close out games? Got no problem with that. I'll slide back to the eighth inning and take care of the uh, the role they're leading into Jansen, which I thought was mighty big of Will Smith. And it's a long season, uh, apparently. There are going to be some ups and downs, maybe some dings. That kind of thing. So, uh, you know, Will Smith may be closing out games. We'll say three lefties are coming up in the the ninth inning. You might see Will Smith go out there and do his high wire act against the three left-handed hitters. Uh, Could be Jansen and Smith closing out these games. But Kenley Jansen definitely improves what the Braves have down in that bullpen. Let's hear from Kenley saying what he likes about this Braves team.
4: This team is a champion. They got it. You know, they they, 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 they did it. Um, you know, they fought in 2020, 3-1. They almost went to the World Series, and, you know, we fought back and, and beat them. But, you know, they've they been there, and it, this team is a champion. And. I'm just gonna be here to just bring that support and do everything I can do on my end to help him win ball games, you know. So we wanted to keep that back of the bullpen consistent, and me, Will, Magic, Minter, Jacks, all of you, we, we just wanna, we just wanna, you know, just come and do
1: do our thing. Yeah, I like how Kenley's using we now. Turned around really quick. Let's hear from Kenley too, talking about what it meant to him knowing Will Smith. Stepped out of the closer role to fit him in there.
4: To me, man, it, it doesn't matter, man. It's it's awesome with what he did, but you know, it doesn't matter. It's how can we win ball games? How can we, you know, win another, bring another championship to to the Braves fans and to this organization? And I'm here to do whatever we can do to win ball games. At, at, at the end of the day, how can we make 27 outs? And you know, that's up to to the manager and the front office to decide that I'm, I'm here to get out and and, and, and want to win, win win another World Series here.
1: Hey, Braves fans, you got to give Anthopolis an A for what he's done here through the Freddie Freeman situation and improving this ball club here uh, since the lockout went down and wrapped up, especially the bullpen. And I think all you Braves fans probably took notice of how important these bullpens are in today's game in Major League Baseball. And what Anthopolis has done here has been really impressive. Kirby Yates added the former closer who's rehabbing right now, not healthy when the season gets started, but hopefully we're going to see him midway through the season or somewhere around there step in and solidify the back end of this rotation that is already strong. Uh, Colin McHugh has been added. He's another veteran experienced relief pitcher that's going to join the crew Down there in high-leverage situations. Now Kenley Jansen's been added to the bullpen. Very, very impressive what Anthopolis has been able to do here, solidifying this bullpen. Feeling uh, You should be feeling a lot better about our Atlanta Braves as we get ready to start this season, man. Time for the final word. And today it's about the bracket. The 680, the fan bracket... Got the competition around the fan going on. Uh, Checking in before the show got underway with our in-house bracket. And it looks like Mike McClain right now checks in today, number one. He's one of our sales guys. But there's no way McClain can win because he had Auburn advancing. Now Auburn's out. I believe Cellini had Auburn advancing also. So it looks like Nick's out. Dan Matthews had Kentucky to win it all. That ain't happening. Ballou and Joe Hamm have Arizona winning the national title. And I had them playing Gonzaga in the national championship game, so that's still alive. I believe Finn, though, is if the Zags win the national championship, then looks like Finneran might end up being the big winner here at 680 with their bracket. All right, we got Nick and Chris out and about today with the Road Dog. They're at PGA Tour Superstore, Sugar Low. They're putting for the Porsche. Thanks to Hennessy Porsche for that. And so stay tuned for them. We're back tomorrow. Hope you'll join me then. The Buck Show, 10 to 11, here on Atlanta Sports Station. The fans, 680 and 93.7. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Buck.
2: Spring is here and baseball is back.